We are three days away from the opening of free agency. And while the Chicago Bulls are still trying to nail down a contract extension with Nikola Vucevic, we're going to talk about how strapped for cash the Bulls are, how difficult this cap flexibility situation is for them. I'm also going to go over five point guard targets for the Chicago Bulls. One that I got, I know you guys are all already talked about, and another one that's outside the box that the Bulls could look to acquire as well. We're going to talk about that, plus dive into the mailbag just a little bit on today's episode of Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. You can follow the channel right off the top at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform that we do have. But let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So the Bulls right now, right, the free agency is opening up in three days and the bulls have negative four, 47 million dollars in cap space and yes that includes cap hold that number could actually come down depending on the number that we uh, that we eventually sign some of our own free agents to or if they go on and sign with other teams those cap, those cap holds go away but the bulls are walking a very tight line as far as their ability to add to the team and all jokes aside the bulls have one asset to be able to add value to the team well two they have veteran the veteran minimum and we have the mid-level exception. That is it. Other than those, uh, and well, we do have the biannual exception as well. That hard caps the team. Also, with how how far the Bulls are from the uh, from the luxury tax or how close they are to the luxury tax, it just does not seem likely that they're, that they're going to use that biannual exception. Maybe for a midseason buyout type deal. We'll see what happens with that. But ultimately, it's this, right? The Bulls are walking a tight line and with Derek Jones Jr. opting out of his contract it has allowed the Bulls to basically use the full mid-level exception but that does not mean that DJJ can't be brought back even though the drafting of Julian Phillips may bring that into question shout out to Adama Sinago as well but the Bulls are extremely tight right now and they don't have a lot of assets to add considerable talent to the team and while I know a lot of you guys have these you know Kyle Kuzma could he come could the Bulls do that realistically unless the Bulls are going to be moving off one of the big three or a player like Alex Caruso, who does make a, a pretty high salary on this team as well, Patrick Williams, it does not seem likely that the Bulls are going to be making any type of major free agent acquisitions. Now, that does not mean, mean they can't make quality free agent acquisitions, and I think that that's ultimately the fine line that the Bulls have to walk, right, is they have to add quality free agents to the team, but that may not come with some of the names that a lot of Bulls fans are looking at. And for some Bulls fans, if the if a big name or a name that they know isn't attached to it, they're going to look at it as it's a bad deal until it gets on the basketball court. Ultimately, the Bulls, the front office has, has their work cut out in front of them. This is another offseason where AK has to get creative if he wants to add something to the team. Now, I've been trying to prep you guys and, 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 and make sure you guys know that there is a high probability that running it back is the most likely outcome with, you know, maybe signing smaller, shorter-term deals and the Bulls make their next big splash attempt at free agency next season when DeMar comes off the books. Maybe at that point they do file the career-ending injury exception for Lonzo Ball because they get more value out of that uh, at that point in time. There's some, some things going around with that. But even then, it's looking pretty tight as well with the Chicago Bulls, depending on what you know, some of these contract extensions shake out, shake out to. So while I know this is a offseason that a lot of Bulls fans are rightfully so frustrated with the team, they're frustrated with where the team is, the outcome that we had. And while IAK has definitely made moves that have not worked out, one of the biggest or most egregious things that, that we've been put into is this cap flexibility space. Now, of course, no, they did not expect that when they signed Lonzo Ball. And I know a lot of you guys, well, they should have never signed him to that contract with his injury history. But when it all boils down to it, 
it was working. And you can't bet on a player, especially not to get this type of injury, right? An injury that threatens their career. As much as Lonzo Ball did have injury concerns, absolutely, you didn't. You can't expect something like this to happen, right? Not, not it, it, to this extent. It's it's very rare that that type of thing happens. It's a rare injury, rare surgery as well that Lonzo Ball had. But the, the the cap situation that the Bulls find themselves in is one that, yeah, you could get some relief by letting Demar walk, doing some things with Lonzo Ball's contract next season. But even then, the salary cap situation was always one that was meant to be tight. This bet on continuity that AK made, the bet that he made on this core is one that has put this the Bulls team in this type of situation. And when you've given up the future assets that you gave up, in that Vooch trade and even in the DeMar signing trade, it, it it has removed the ability for the Bulls to add low-cost, high-value talent with where how things shook out, right? You look at the, the Vooch contract. Yeah, the Bulls would have been close to making the playoffs the year we got Vooch. That ends up being a lottery pick. A lottery pick we could have added to the team. We didn't give them another lottery pick this season after hopefully trying to make the playoffs, which could have been another influx of young, cheap talent the Bulls could have added to the team. And so this has all led us to this situation that we're in where the Bulls do not have a lot of cap space, do not have a lot of flexibility, and they're up against it and trying to find a way to add talent to this team. And one of the biggest positions that the Bulls do need to try to add talent to is the point guard position. And I want to go over some point guard targets for the Chicago Bulls that they could realistically go after. Now, I know some of these some of these names are not going to be the names that some people want. I'll tell you right now, D'Angelo Russell's name is not on this list because D'Angelo Russell's probably going to get more money than, than what we have to offer, right? His name ain't on the list. John Wall, Russell Westbrooks, their name is not on the list, even though I do think with like a John Wall that he could end up mid-level exception money, could end up being the best he gets. Still not going to put them on, on this list just because I expect them to at least initially want to want to get more than what the Bulls can offer. So the first thing that we're going to bring up is one that was already here, and that is Pat Bev. Initially making his contract uh, demands known, saying that he wanted to sign between 15 and 18 million, I think is what it was, and the Bulls just did not have a chance at that. Now, with Derrick Jones Jr. opting out, with the mid-level exception of having primarily that, they can offer Pat Bev realistically probably about anywhere between 9 and $10 million. Would that entice Pat Bev to come back, considering how the Bulls did play, going 14-9 and nine over his time here. Um, they, they could look to do that, right? Keep, keep some form of continuity again and double down on that, even though Pat Bev is probably second-to-last target that I'd want on this list. But again, could be an option for the Chicago Bulls. Next up is Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent is absolutely a player that the Bulls could, could probably get for mid-level exception money. Now, the biggest thing in the question around him is a the fit? Is it is it as clear there as what it was in Miami? Is he even willing to leave Miami? Are they going to let him go? Now we've heard Miami; they are very interested in acquiring a point guard target to pair with Jimmy Butler in this offseason. And Gabe Vincent could find himself the man out in a case like that. When you look at Gabe Vincent's uh, stats last year, he started 34 of 68 games. He scored 9.4 points per game. Uh, he also 2.5 uh, assists, two rebounds per game, and right under still per game at 0.9. Only 1.4 turnovers per game. That turnover to assist ratio isn't amazing, but again, coming off the bench for him. Uh, he also shot the ball 40% from the field overall, 33% from three-point range. So with that said, Gabe Vincent is absolutely a target that potentially could fall into the Bulls' mid-level exception numbers, right? And so as a starter last season, Gabe Vincent also averaged 10.8 um, points per game, 2.4 assists, 2.2 uh, uh, re rebounds, 1.2 um, steals and 1.4 turnovers. His numbers as a starter versus as a reserve player 
were basically the same, right? His three-point shooting percentage was actually a little bit better at 35% as a starter, of course. That's because of the gravity that Jimmy Butler has. But he is absolutely a potential mid-level exception target for the Chicago Bulls. Now, one name that I did leave off as well was Fred Van Vliet, right? Now, he's not on this list because, again, I do expect Van Vliet to be a player that absolutely garners more than what the Bulls could offer. The Bulls could get creative in the signing trade or something for him. Don't necessarily expect that to happen. So if you guys are going to ask, he's off this list as well. Next up, Trey Jones. You guys know I've been talking about Trey Jones as well. Him and his brother, Tyus Jones, have both been on the list because I, I think they, yet uh, uh, Tyus would have been a trade candidate. But when you look at Trey Jones, uh, a restricted free agent this offseason, we don't really know what the Spurs are going to do now that they have Wimby. Could they be looking to add some veterans to help, you know, Wimby's, you know, development there? Uh, Trey Jones. I'm very high on Trey Jones. I know not everyone is as high on him, but when you look at a guy as, a, as strictly as a facilitator, you can do a lot worse. His assist-to-turnover ratio, amazing, right? Uh, in the 96th percentile in the league was his uh, turnover-to-assist ratio. Uh, having pretty good numbers for him as well last year. Started 65 games out of 68 games played last year for the Spurs. 12.9 points per game, uh, 3.6 rebounds, which is really kind of impressive when you look at the fact that he's only 6'1", and that may be a generous 6-1 on top of that. 6.6 assists and only 1.6 uh, turnover uh, per game. Again, also averaging 1.3 steals per game. Again, not a perfect candidate, but when you look at somebody who's solid in team defense, albeit, yes, he, he finds a way to overcome even those size things, is a great distributor and facilitator as well, doesn't turn the ball over, That not the, the greatest three-point shooter either. When you look at it, 28% from three last year. Uh, for for the San Antonio Spurs, that's that stuff. Taking 2.3 a game. So, again, that fit is not quite as clear there, but I do think he could be a target for the Chicago Bulls. And then I'm also going to bring up Derrick Rose. Now, you guys know how I feel about Derrick Rose potentially coming back to the Chicago Bulls, but I would be, re I'd be remiss if I didn't say that it's not a possibility. It's absolutely a possibility. I think he fits within the money. I honestly think you could probably get him maybe a little bit above the veteran minimum. I don't think he's going to nearly try to take the full mid-level exception. I don't want Derrick Rose on this team. Let me be absolutely abundantly clear here. I do not want Derrick Rose on the Chicago Bulls as our point, main point guard acquisition. I do not. Now, I would love Derrick Rose on, the, on a vet minimum on the back end of the bench to finish out his career here, but for our needs for this team, Derrick Rose is not somebody that I personally see as filling most of those needs that we have at the point guard position. But, again, he is absolutely a target. He's absolutely a potential piece that the Bulls could go after. You look at, especially, bringing the excitement back home, the veteran uh, leadership, all that. But I still look at... Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, Bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Derrick Rose as a vanity signing and not one that I think is actually going to pay off in dividends on the court for the Chicago Bulls. I know there are going to be people who quote his Per 48, which is a terrible stat to use for somebody who played the least amount, like the number of minutes that Derrick Rose played. Per per 48 and per 36, whichever one it is, is better used when you have a player that's getting near those minutes and you kind of want to project it out. When you look at Derrick Rose last season, getting 12.5 minutes per game, fuck no. It's not like that's not a good stat to use for him. And when you look at the fact over the last five seasons, he's only he's played under 40 games in four of those seasons, right? And keep in mind, three of those seasons was playing for Tom Thibodeau, one of Derrick Rose's biggest supporters, right? It's it, Derrick ain't that guy anymore. He's not. He's not a guy that I think is going to average double-digit points. He's not a guy that I think is going to be effective in distributing. He's not even a guy that I think is still going to be effective at getting even to the free throw line, right? When you look at how Derrick Rose fell off as, a, as getting to the free throw line. We're talking about a player that at the height got to the free throw line almost seven times per game. He got to the free throw line less than one, one free throw per game last season. And it was less than 1.2. Matter of fact, let's go to the last time Derrick Rose played heavy minutes. He played 50 games for the Detroit Pistons, started 15 of those, played 26 minutes per game in that, and got to the free throw line a little bit over two times per game. So if you're going to try to quote Derrick Rose's ability to get to the free throw line, that just ain't Derrick Rose anymore. But we'll see. We'll see. And the last one, the kind of the outside the box target for the Chicago Bulls is Vasile Michik. And this is a foreign guy that has actually talked about him last season, which the potential to bring over. He won the EuroLeague MVP in the 2020-21 season. This guy averaged 16 points per game, 2.6 rebounds, 5 assists per game on 40% shooting from the field and 39% shooting from the three-point line. Now, that's in 62 games. That's combining EuroLeague and the Turkish Basketball League as well. Keep in mind, we just theoretically signed also um, uh, er- er- Erland uh, Bitten as well. So, you know, that's another foreign guy we brought in. But the reason why I have Vasile Micic on this list is that, yes, his draft rights are, er- are owned by the um, Oklahoma City Thunder, which means that the Bulls would have to trade for those rights. Now, considering where the Thunder are, they have more draft picks coming in in the next few years than open roster spots. It's theoretical that the Bulls could sign for him. We already know AK has those connections. Vasily Michik already has said as well that he does want to come and play in the NBA this season, and he could be a low-cost acquisition for the Chicago Bulls that they could bring in. Keep in mind, because he was a draft pick, his, his, his salary has to fit in that draft scale, right? So, I want to bring him up as an outside-the-box target because we've seen it. AK theoretically could have brought in and tried to solve our three-point shooting with one foreign signing already. 
bringing in now Vasile Mikic at, at that, at what he's would probably make. He he's motivated to come to the NBA. He we absolutely have the spot for him. He's a true point guard that can score and distribute on top of all of that. I really like Vasile Mikic as a potential target for the Chicago Bulls. Yes, they would have to give up probably a future second, and they may have to sweeten the deal and send some cash as well to the OKC Thunder, but I definitely do think that Vasile Mikic could be one of the targets for the Chicago Bulls as they look to get creative in free agency. So, you know, we'll see. We have a huge hole at the point guard position, and I think that AK could look to get creative if they strike out in free agency. So be on the lookout for that. If it does happen, I'm going to sound like a genius. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to look like an idiot. It is what it is. It comes with the nature of the job. It is what it is. Lastly, I want to talk about with the deal last night or yesterday that sent John Collins to the Utah Jazz. It is at, it started making a lot of Bulls fans wondering, can the Bulls dump Lonzo Ball's con, uh, contract to get something back? Because we're seeing teams basically take on salary. Here's what I'm going to say, and I want to just spend some time debunking the possibility of this just to be realistic. A, Lonzo Ball's contract goes beyond next season. Right. Or this season, which a lot of the salary dumps that we're seeing are, are teams that are looking to get out of that that luxury, um, that second more penalizing luxury tax. Because Lonzo Ball's contract has an additional year past this season. It means that if a team is up against that second apron, he would force them to go into that um, again. They could a team, another team that doesn't have the ties to him like we did could absolutely look to get the career-ending injury exception and eliminate that contract from the books, they even may be more likely to do it than the Chicago Bulls. But again, I do not think that we're going to be in a situation to try to dump Lonzo Ball's contract. I could be wrong in that. We've seen weirder things happen in the NBA. There are some teams that have projections to have a ton of salary cap space this season and next season. I'm looking at you, Spurs, and the Houston Rockets. So maybe. But ultimately, I just don't see it. I, you're going to get articles about it, especially with the kind of environment around the NBA right now with salaries, I just don't foresee it happening. You guys can let me know what you think on that down below. But before we go, do you want to get into one voicemail today? This one is from Q. Hey, hey, uh, it's me. Uh, it's, uh, I guess you could just call me Q. I'll just go by that. Um, I have a, I have a question and I have a comment. I'll uh, use the, com I'll talk about the comment first. Um, the one thing that I that I don't I don't really understand for our, the fans that talk about they want to trade Zach. The one thing I don't understand is that they want to trade him, but at the same time they want to undervalue him while Raw wanting him to be traded, and it's just mind boggling to me because I think I remember one voicemail called in. I think it was a while ago, and he said. He, he had a trade or he came up with a trade where it was like a three-way trade where the Lakers get Draymond. Um, the, um, he said the Lakers get Draymond, the Warriors get Zach, and we get De uh, Malik Beasley and um, Jared Vanderbilt. And I'm just like, what? I was just like, like that's that, like that's. I don't know. To me, like that type of trade, like those these type of trade ideas that these these fans are coming up with to trade him are so bad and it's like completely undervaluing him. It's like I don't think they realize how valuable Zach really is on the trade market for for this team. And it's just mind boggling to me that they want him to get traded so bad, but the trade ideas that they come up with are just complete like just low balls for the for our team. 
So it's like you're interested in trading him, but you're willing to have such a low ball move for him. It just doesn't make sense. And then my question is, everybody's been talking about we need another point guard. We need another point guard, uh, which I do agree with. But I think that I don't think like, like, like with AK, I don't think he should rush. I don't think he should rush to try to get a new point guard. I think that this offseason is that is not the best. Um, I think it's not the best um, see, or offseason tr- to try to get a new point guard. I think next year is going to be a lot better in terms of uh, free agents. So do you think that the fandom and, I, and maybe even the front office is tr- jumping the gun a bit to try to get a new point guard for the team? And uh, that's all I got to say. And keep up the good work. Q, I've been saying for a while now, yes. As sports fans and fans that follow a team that love a team, we either overvalue or undervalue our own players. And in a lot of the deals that fans present, they're absolutely undervaluing Zach Levine. And honestly, over on Locked on Bulls, we did a crossover with Locked on Knicks. And I asked them, like, what? how do you view Zach Levine? Because I think sometimes I'm so zoomed in to this fan base, this team, this culture, that I just wanted to get an answer and a look on how other teams and franchises may view Zach Levine. And his answer was, I see him as a player that absolutely is one of the most versatile offensive players in the NBA. Yeah, the defense is is a concern there, can be a big concern, especially considering uh, the team that he's going on. But Zach Levine is absolutely one of the best offensive players in the NBA. That's what he said, right? Go and check out the most recent episode of Locked on Bulls if you want to hear that conversation. Great fun conversation. But it, it did put in the highlight and kind of focus, spotlight, I guess, is the, is the one that I'm looking for, the word I'm looking for, the fact of that, yes, Bulls fans have gotten to this place of undervaluing Zach Levine, and I get it. Is he a number one on the championship team? No, I think we all know that. But that still does not mean that you undervalue somebody because of that. So, yeah, a lot of fans, they do, they, they undervalue, undervalue him greatly. Now, as far as no rush to get a point guard, here's what I'll say. There, there is absolutely a world in which A.K. Eversley, to conserve cap space, start Kobe White as the point guard and maybe focus on shooting or win protection, whatever it is. I do think that that's a, that's a possibility. But I think what we've seen from this team, the two best stretches we've seen from the team at the start of the season of the uh, season before last and then the end of this past season, we had an actual point guard and we had a point guard that could distribute and run the offense. And last year specifically because we didn't use Lonzo Ball a lot in the half court as a half court point guard, which I think is definitely a slight on Billy Donovan. But ultimately, I do think that Point guard is an extreme need for this team. So I don't know. I can understand what you what you mean. Like, if they sh- there's only a, a few point guards that you can see is maybe being long-term situations for the Chicago Bulls in this upcoming free agency. And I don't think that they should just sign a point guard to sign one. I think you can also look at shorter-term deals as well um, to do that. But there is, I won't act you like there's not a possibility that the Bulls don't kick the point guard situation down to next season. There absolutely is a chance of that. And we'll see. We'll end up seeing, man. Uh, that's it for me for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, we want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the show. The number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media.